Bonjour. Bonjour, how are we? I'm good, mate. I am well, thank you. Good. My You're looking good, man. You know, my screen's always bigger than yours. Good. Let's, let's, let's try this new thing, yeah? So let's go. We're going to go live, yeah? Three. Well, what have I got to do? We're going to go live to the world. What do you mean? No, not really. I'm joking. Oh. We're live. What's up, guys? Welcome to episode number 19 of the Coffee with Sam podcast. Now, today's guest needs no introduction. He's living on my podcast. This is the third one now, right? This is number yeah. three. And when we're together, you have not just two of the best-looking beards in the cheer industry, <laughs> but in the UK right now. That's what I'm talking about. And if you're on Apple iTunes, you do not get to see these beauties of a beard. We have today Mr. Bear Drews. I need one of them horns still. I still need a horn. Nah, 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 nah. <laughs> How are we? Hey, I need to get a little bit more light. Let me turn my TV around a little bit. This might be a bit better. That's it. So I do a smashing introduction and then you just do me like that. No, no, no that's a fashion introduction. You can cut this. You can edit. You can edit. Not even ready. Look at that mustache. No, it's all right, isn't it? So a last time, last time you guys on YouTube, you saw us. We both looked a bit overgrown on our top, on our <laughs> hair, on our beards. Now we're fresh. You're looking fabulous. You're like Aaron Ramsey. I'm trying, dude. I was gonna get rid of this, and then my barber was like keep it he was like i've never seen you with long hair and a beard keep it i was like okay cool let's do it do it <laughs> he was like, i'm so annoyed i can't shape your beard for you because obviously at the moment they can't go around your face can they oh the guys did mine <laughs> i'm going to <laughs> london to get my beard trimmed <laughs> we do our thing down here mate <laughs> i Good. didn't realize that the guy just went zoop, zoop, and across that was it Oh, no, they couldn't. They could literally fade the beard in, and that was it. That was it. Oh, well, my guys are breaking the rules then, so. <laughs> so, how are we? How's business? Yeah, going really well, thanks, mate. Um, keeping busy. Um, doing lots of Zoom classes and Zoom one-to-ones, which has been quite nice. Um, and actually, one of my, um, I suppose, the best thing that's, that I've enjoyed doing is, is just trying to be a bit more creative and a bit more innovative uh, and thinking about how we can teach tumble without having to feel like you, you need to throw the skill to progress. Um, and so that we can make sure that athletes are as prepared as they can be um, for when they do get skills. That's it. Now I need to bang that horn again. Me, 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 me. <laughs> it's all about the puzzle pieces, mate. They all come together. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, boy. Yeah, so guys, if you don't, if you're not, still not following, if you're still not after two podcasts not following um, Bear Drills, uh, Rob, then follow him. He has the best home tumble drills. Still, obviously, big announcement today that we can actually go back to cheer and we can get back to the gym. But <laughs> um, training at home, get on his YouTube, The Bear Cave, and is coming up with some of the most creative and safe ways to, um, to, to, to drill your skills without throwing the skill and being dangerous with it when you haven't got spots, um, which should hopefully 
should be a lot of good athletes going into the gyms now with ready for I new skills, if not new skills. This is all really kind of opened my mind, actually, because um, although we, we encourage athletes to train at home or condition at home, um, I've never really, I don't think, for me personally anyway, I don't think I've ever really thought enough about what that actually means. Yeah. And so it's been quite an interesting experience trying to um, piece together something that's going to have a long-term implication. So I was speaking to uh, Angela um, yesterday and I just said, even though we're going to be going back into a gym environment where contact is still going to be severely restricted and reduced and, and, and everything else, and rightly so, um, in terms of actual delivery, I feel like there is still massive opportunities to be able to help athletes to progress. Uh, and so I'm really excited about that because although I love, you know, creating drills and having athletes try to do different things with equipment, again, equipment is still going to be a little bit restricted as well. So how are we going to teach athletes? And so although it's difficult to talk about silver linings of everything that's been going on over the last few months, um, in terms of what I feel like me personally, I'll be able to take back into the gym and, and do with athletes. Um, I'm actually quite excited about it because I feel like I'm, I've been able to rethink my whole approach in a different way and, and perhaps add to it. Because I used to be really keen on shapes and shapes were really exciting and how I could use shapes to then you know, condition muscle memory and everything else. Um, but then I've also spent a lot of time looking at muscle memory um, sorry, flexibility and explosive power uh, and how that can be used. And, you know, going through the Zoom classes and feeling like you're learning something new every time to be able to put into practice um, has been a real kind of like epiphany. So I'm excited to be able to do that when we, when we do get back into the gym. Yeah, well, this is, it's, where it's been perfect for you because you were pushing the leader, the UK leader, driving this movement of um, hands-off approach um massive with the educational um company bgu too and making a lot safer environment for kids to try and start doing their shapes and their skills before so this mm -hmm. happening has been great for you to like you say open your mind and create that syllabus or whatever you want to call it that you actually mm -hmm. probably should have created before but because you weren't forced into it you couldn't be creative enough with it whereas because you've been stuck at home or you've wanted to help people who are, are at home it's just made you broaden the movement you were already and the uk to me is is trying to drive um so i was really lucky so about four five years ago i was doing a lot of work with gareth at big g uh, and big g tumbling and going around doing clinics that way and so from that um i was picking up a lot of ideas in terms of how you could teach drills or create stations to, to, to progress drills but then we kind of we kind of went really hard on the no hands approach and we were only sort of doing transitional spotting and um, obviously with clinics it's a little bit different because you also want to be able to to show athletes how they can do something so maybe you're a little bit more hands-on in that context but um we were kind of trying to 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 do that as as early as four or five years ago and then it's progressed to the point where it's become quite a, a mainstream thing for people to be doing, which has been lovely. And then, as you say, the work with BGU has kind of really pushed that as well. Um, but I felt like alongside the shapes, I guess, there was that bit before that 
I never really appreciated or did more enough with. And so being able to do that here, like I've spent, you know, because I was ill, I've spent most of the last four or five months at home anyway, I haven't really gone anywhere. So the, these four walls here in, in my living room have, have been where I've done everything. So what is, what is that bit before shapes? So the bit before shapes, the shapes, I suppose, are a, a consequence of, of what could have been done before. So for me, it was kind of looking at more, trying to be innovative with a bit more with flexibility or how you could push flexibility um, and also mobility and range. And, uh, you know, I spoke to you about how I, when I was doing the challenge, how the range that I was, I was sort of developing was just incredible and how it made me feel and the, you know, the pressure on my back and trying to be an athlete and that pressure not being there anymore. It made me think, well, these are the types of things that cheerleaders could benefit from. And I'm not, I'm not even looking into it. And it made me think that actually, and, and it's nice because I want to be learning all the time, but it made me think that I maybe needed to redirect the way I was trying to learn and look at different ways of trying to learn because you have people that you look up to and you have certain things that you read or certain Instagram things that you follow and things like that. And then you think, well, what else, what else is there? So for me, I started looking at yoga and how yoga can be used or how I could do yoga. Um, I started researching varieties of squats, you know, just different things that are, are about explosive power for argument's sake that would really benefit an athlete from an athletic position into a skill, but then also from a squat into a stunt. And those kind of innovations are really hot right now. You know, you only have to look at what Spring CDT are doing with BASE and that new kind of innovation and approach towards stunting that's coming, coming through. And, and actually there's no reason why there shouldn't necessarily be something like that for, for, for tumbling either, because the more, the more physically equipped an athlete is coming in to learn a skill, there's a reason why it takes an athlete four years to learn how to back handspring. And it's not because the athlete or the coach that's teaching them isn't good enough. That's, that's not what I'm trying to say at all. What I'm trying to say is, is that if there are a variety of ways to learn something and a variety of ways to learn to do something, then we have more chance of success. So did, you you know, find, like so did you find whilst doing um, the program you were set, guys, if you don't, if you didn't see the other videos above this, get onto them. Um, Rob challenged himself. I set him a program. He followed a training program of how I do things and the main things that I focus on. Um, and one of my big things is mobility. Um, that's what my, aim, my main goal is, is to go towards mobility and that people can move better once their joints hips ankles shoulders can move better um so rob challenged himself to also not just to feel better but also get fit um i told him he was gonna 100 he was gonna feel better because that's what my programs are for um so what rob's talking about with his back and his lower that he was going through a lot of mobility stuff but working out at the same time um so let's go through that. How, how was that for you? So was it was, doing something new because mobility for a lot of people, especially when you're trying to get cheerleaders to do it because static stretching has been such a big thing 
I find when I go and do clinics or when I'm teaching for, for BGU or even at my program, um, it's very, well, this isn't normal. This is weird because mobility is, is how flexible you are in a range of movements and whilst you're going through movement. Um, also adding strength with that, but it's a very hard to get athletes to do it because they find it weird. So how did you find it when I'm told you to do it in your living room? So for me initially, it was, it was more about, obviously I wanted to lose weight and I wanted to feel like, because, of, because I'd had Corona and I'd been bed bound for, for a long time, I, when I was finally out and about again, I felt massively kind of depleted in like, my hamstrings and my back. And so I, I felt kind of weak anyway, and that made me quite tight. Um, and that might have been anxiety as well, but I also could feel that I wasn't as, you know, I didn't have the same capacity that I did before. So it was really important for me to be able to build up my cardio again, but also build up some level of strength as well as range. So um, <laughs> the first week was, I, I, felt, pr I felt pretty good. Um, so the first week I had that kind of cockiness where I was kind of like, yeah, I smashed the first week. Um, although those leg switches are the devil. They are literally the devil you kind of do 10 and you kind of think like oh yeah i'm feeling pretty confident about this when you got to 15 and 20 leg switches and i honestly the the, the feeling in my hips was 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 horrendous then, um, and let's hold you there so that's another great thing that i go on so these leg switches all the jump technique all that stuff always comes into people's programs what you've got to do once you've tightened that muscle and strengthened it you've then got to put it through a range of mo movement. So how did you feel after doing the legs, the switches, to then have to maybe the next day or that same day do the mobility, the hip mobility? Yeah, I mean, I felt like it complement. I mean, obviously the program is set up to complement everything. And I, I really felt like I could feel that complement. So- um, Thank you, sir. No, <laughs> thank you. I'm going if I can. <laughs> 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 but the you know for even for like burpees and that switch of having to go from like a, a front support bringing your legs into a tuck to be able to stand back up again you could i could feel my hips working i could feel that my hamstrings were, weren't pulling as much um and you know i spoke to you a lot about how i really enjoyed doing the squat work particularly um because i felt like it could really it really did make a difference. And then that's when I started looking at things like yoga approaches to hip flexibility and hip mobility. And um, I know there's something called a, I think it's called a yogi bear in, in yoga. And, and I started doing that as a consequence of looking at squats and how squats can be, you know, really improve the range and leaning back on your heels and things like that. And so the squats thing particularly was a big deal for me because I spend so much time teaching athletic position. So looking at different ways to, to, to sort of play with squats and hip mobility was, was incredibly important to me. Even down to things like um, open the gate and close the gate exercises where you, you know, you bring in the oven and out to the side and back in again. All those things made, made huge differences, particularly on, on, my, on my lower back, um, which was really important. So that was, that was fantastic. And as I said, I felt really cocky in week one. And it's quite funny because I did four weeks worth of videos and each video has like a different kind of dynamic to it. So um, in week one, 
it was it was obviously that I was kind of plowing through the exercises, doing them in my garden, the sun was shining, it was fantastic, you know, and then I was kind of like at the end saying, oh yeah, definitely one nil. And then week two, I don't know what happened, and it was horrendous, and I had to like um, go through these breathing exercises and like, you know, got some information from um, you, you talking about dead fields and then the breathing exercises, I'd laying on the floor and I absolutely got whitewashed that week and it was horrible. Um, so that was, that was, but I mean, in all of this, to be fair, I didn't mind so much getting my, my backside handed to me because um, I, could, I could feel the progression and now I can see the progression as well. This is also where, so what you're saying, it's good to get deep into that second week of, well, we're not going to talk about specifics because um, mm -hmm. it's confidential, but the fact that it's not just when people think fitness is just fitness or mm -hmm. training is just training. Sometimes you do just need to talk to somebody because it will bring stuff like that out in you. You'll want to give up and it will bring other things into play, um, which is to why my job, your, your job as well. Yeah, you might be a top tumble coach, but then you might have to deal with something else too. And it's the same with a, a fitness instructor, a PT, strength and conditioning coach. I just gave you a plan. But then the next day, I was the next week, I was then talking you to, because things were affecting your plan. Mm -hmm. um, and that's what going for goals and reaching for stuff, it can happen. Like it just draws mad stuff out of you and you want to speak to people about stuff. But if you don't open up, you could have been stuck for the whole four weeks and I could have, we could be talking now and you could have failed. Yeah. Do you know what? This is what I was thinking though. It was nice to feel like I was failing because um, it, it made me appreciate more the athletes that I'm working with because I'm not competitive anymore. I don't compete, you know, so I don't have to, to deal with that kind of, I want to be able to learn to do this tumble. Or I want to be able to learn how to do a toss coupe. You know, whatever it is, I don't have to, to kind of deal with that kind of pressure that I put on myself because I don't do it anymore in, in that capacity. If I want to stunt, I'll stunt because it's fun. Not because I'm, and stunting is fun, obviously, but not because I feel like I've got to put, it's not because it's going into a routine for argument's sake, you know, which has a different type of pressure. So it was nice to feel like I was failing because then having to regroup, doing breathing exercises to kind of mentally prepare yourself for um, every minute on the minute workout, you know, those types of things were really helpful because actually I spend loads of time talking to my athletes about being mentally prepared for um, competing. I do it in a different way. You like, with, with you like being in their shoes for a change. Yeah. Having someone else on the other side, being you <laughs> and such. Yeah being, yeah. being the person who, being, being the person who was vulnerable. Yeah. In, in that kind of way. Yeah, yeah. It, no, it I get it. So you keep talking about the breathing exercises. How, just to state to everyone, everything I do is just, is what I do on research and on evidence and also on that it helps me. So everything that goes in my program is because I've done it and it's helped me. So my breathing exercises are massively pushed by Wim Hof. If you want to take a look and the Iceman, he's got some other crazy radical ideas, but all it was was the breathing mixed in with a few other techniques that I found, find help me. Um, so I, they're in my programs um, as a video tutorial. How do you find that they worked for you, Rob? So I suppose the primary thing was about reducing anxiety and, and kind of just 
because you know if you've got a certain challenge where you're kind of like oh that's a lot to do in this amount of time then you can think oh it's going to be difficult to do and that can kind of build you up so it was nice in that capacity but it was also nice because it made me feel like I had more oxygen or more in the engine to be able to like push through and do a, a certain thing um which I thought was really important because actually if you're not breathing while you're exercising then you're fatiguing so it was nice to kind of really load myself up with the oxygen and, and you know feel feel stronger for longer and you know you know capable for longer um so that was good and, and actually because I started because I because of because of the way that the the challenge was going and I started exploring yoga as well um because that was so built up around breathing it was kind of it was nice to be able to, to learn how to breathe in, in two different capacities uh, and apply them. Because, you know, if you've got an athlete who's nervous, I, if I'm getting an athlete to, throw, um, to, to attempt a skill, then I'll be like, go over there, take a deep breath, visualize performing the skill, the best you've ever performed it, and then, you know, perform the skill. Whatever approach I'm taking, but it normally does involve taking a deep breath and then thinking. But, um, it was nice to do to to try it in a different way. You know what I would you know what I was advising athletes to do, and it, it was it helped obviously. What it was what I was advising the athletes was good, but or it was good for them. But we're talking of maybe like maybe 10, 20 seconds worth of meditation, whereas actually what what I was trying to do myself here um, was more maybe two, three, four, five minutes worth of meditation, um, and so that was quite good to do because you've probably done it before but we get athletes to visualize before they go onto the floor and we get in a big circle they on there lay on the floor and the music's playing um and actually they're breathing and, and visualizing the whole time which is about two and a half three three minutes worth of laying on the floor breathing so actually we're kind of getting them to do it anyway but maybe not as consciously as we could be so that that's that's maybe yeah, so one other podcast, I think it might have been the second one after you. Uh, we had Dan on, he spoke about visual, visualization and breathing. Mm -hmm. And um, obviously, we still haven't been back in the gym yet since. But um, visualize, visualization is something massive that the program I'm, I coach for, we do that. We always have done that. Uh, it's something I found amazing when I first went to Worlds, that that's what we were going to do. And I thought, whoa, what is this? What are we doing? Um, and it does naturally... And all it is, is, is to focus. You're focusing on listening to the music and visualizing. Your heartbeat naturally comes down. Your, your anxiety naturally comes down. So if you then add that way of actually teaching them to breathe, you could bring their anxiety and their levels right down just before competition. Um, but also at home, like you say, learning to breathe, getting more oxygen in, um, actually allows you to to train better to relax better and we don't as humans we don't we can actually get back problems from not breathing properly we can get spinal neck problems from not breathing properly because our ribs don't spread out enough which is the, what the breathing i did gave you was based on was trying to get your stomach breathing your ribs and try and make yourself as big as possible because you said you were quite stiff to, to open up the all your all your muscles around your ribs and all that um so then you do relax when you come out of it so that type of breathing is like, it's just got so many positive, positive feelings. How do you feel you've, how do you feel you um, have, mm, saying it wrong, um, improved 
from obviously having COVID. So if listeners, viewers don't know, my boy had COVID. I joked about it. I had him on the phone and actually was ripping him about it. <laughs> and then, then yeah, we, he disappeared for two weeks and, and he actually had COVID-19, but fully recovered now. But main reason for doing the program was because his breathing was massively, massively, massively suffering. How have you repaired? How have you improved from having COVID? I think it's, it's, a, it's a lot better. So um, I remember I was trying to do like a, I was trying to build myself back up to a 5K and I just could not, I just could not get anywhere. It was, it was really rough. So breathing capacity is a lot better. Posture is better, which then makes breathing capacity better. Just, so, about, to say, know, just about to say, if you go back and you look at our first podcast, then um, you'll see how your posture is different. Um, I was just about to say to you how freely, let's put my coffee down, how freely you're moving. People on uh, Apple iTunes, I'm just showing up. Robbie, he's moving better. If you go back to the first one, you were quite stiff and down. Where now you're moving, your arms are moving, you're free, you look relaxed. And yeah, you sit. I honestly can feel it, especially in the top half, you know? can really kind of fit because at first I thought I was peacocking and kind of walking around like this you know but um actually it's just because I'm a lot straighter now you do you, <laughs> say that, but you say that but I I actually say that's the problem with society so women males women get knocked down for don't walk around with your breasts out why why are you sticking your breasts out so then they naturally hunch over males why are you walking around with your chest out like you like like you're like you're something special okay. yeah well i'm not i'm just walking how i should be and i feel that's going into a good point another complete different podcast but <laughs> I, I say that to a lot of my clients and to a lot of athletes that it's natural these days to not want to walk around with correct posture because you get a why are you sticking your breasts out why are you sticking your chest out why do you think you're special it's like well, i'm not i've just I just don't have a bad back, mate. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I've actually been noticing it as well. Like I walk around and I look at the way people stand and I'm like, you can sort of see where the posture is right. kind of like. For someone like me who's only five foot five, it adds me, it makes me five six if I stand and get a good posture. Like, I'm, I'm touching five. six foot now, mate. I was five <laughs> eleven. I'm touching six. <laughs> you know I mean, mate, yeah, I, I grow and I do. For someone like me, it, that. To get that little bit taller, if I have to stand correctly. But you do, you notice it. I'm, how's that, how is that giving you confidence, though? Well, so I'm running a lot better. So for me, I used to run a lot, and I used to really enjoy running. I'm, and by running, I mean decent enough that I could do a half marathon. All right, so I, I was a pretty good runner, and I ran comfortably. Um, my posture wasn't good then either, but I was fit enough that I was running well. So when I'm running now, I'm still only around about, I can do two miles nonstop. And that's a really big achievement for me right now. Um, and I feel like I'm getting to the point where I could probably push that now. But um, when I'm running, I can feel my old strides, you know, and I can feel the, the range of my, particularly the range. Mobility has been really important for me anyway. 
but I can feel the range. I can feel the, the kind of the, the way I can swing my arms a lot better and I'm running upright, which means I'm getting good oxygen in. So those kind of things that you can really see the benefit. Obviously, there, I mean, the, the visual thing is that I can see that uh, the, there's good weight loss there and there's good weight distribution or there's better weight distribution. There's still a way to go, but, you know, there's, um, I'm able to, I'm just able to do more for longer, you know? So like um, I, in the last video I did to, to kind of close up week four, I kind of did the whole build up towards Everest and that Everest was the every minute on the minute for 15 minutes. And I, I knew it was going to deck me. Like I, I just knew, I honestly knew what was coming or I kind of had an idea of what was coming. I knew it was going to be horrible. Not how horrible, um, but I knew it was going to be rough, right? So I did my breathing exercises. I did the yoga for hips before I did. Like I really prepared myself. It's like I studied for this exam. And so every minute on the minute, 15 minutes, it might not seem like a, it's not a long time. And it wasn't a long time. I felt like I, it was done as soon as I'd started. But you know, you're doing, for argument's sake, I think it was six push-ups, six burpees, and six hip jumps, I think, every minute on the minute for 15 minutes, which means you're active for about 30 seconds because the burpees can take a little bit longer, right? But for that 30 seconds, it's just full out. It's just like full out cardio, full out endurance, and then you're doing it for 15 minutes. And you get to like round five, and you'll think, oh yeah, that's pretty calm. But after five minutes, you've done 30, um, you've done 30 push-ups and you've got another 60 to go, you know? And so actually it does mount up quite quickly and the numbers do start piling up and you're kind of like, oh my God, you know? So, um, but you, well, you did see it, the right? video, absolutely drenched afterwards, but it was fantastic. It? Yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. I finished and I was buzzing because I was just like, I could like feel the, the energy and feel the, the, do you know what it was like? It, when I completed it, it's not the same level, but it was like when you've hit when you've come off the floor after performing a routine. Yeah, yeah. that's the kind of that's the kind of feeling I had after because it was so important to me. Like I know that it's it's a general workout, and over time I've done more, and it's the feeling isn't the the, the way that it it was, but because I built up so much for it, and for me it was really important to to do it and to over to you know to 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 um, achieve it. I kind of built myself up so much for it so that when I did it, it was kind of like coursing through me that I'd, that I'd you know, done a 15 minute every minute on the minute. And, you know, since then I have done more, I, you know, I do a hundred to one and do 10, um, this is push-ups, and I do 10 every minute on the minute um, for 10 minutes. And that's just part of a, a thing I do now um, because it was motivating because you could get a workout done and I don't have loads of time. To, to, to spend doing you know these crazy extended workouts and your workouts aren't long at all um which is great by the way you know i mean some of them you know depends on how you pace them but i always try to do it about a 30 second break in between if i could so that i was always repping and, and always busy uh, and i felt that that helped me too but um you know life is busy and just because we're not we're not necessarily in our gyms right now i'm still homeschooling i'm still doing other classes and still learning and researching and doing up a house like there's still other things going so you don't have a lot of time so if you can bang something out in 20 minutes and feel absolutely knackered from doing it then yeah sign me up so love that so <laughs> lots of lots and lots of positives
Um, yeah. I'm glad you finished it. I knew you would, and I'm glad you feel better. I'm glad you have loads and loads of positives. You, you can't really bring a negative from working out, to be honest. You cannot bring a negative from... I think it's better because the guidance was good. You know, it's a bit like if you learn how to throw a back handspring, but you're throwing your head and then not correcting it, yeah? The guidance was good that I was able to progress. And that was really important because, you, you know, anyone could have said, oh, well, do, do 10 push-ups and 10 sit-ups and do that in a rep of four for whatever and then move on to sit-ups, you know? Like, people can say those types of things, but the way that they were packaged, the way that certain exercises were grouped, all of those things were really important. And then alongside the other stuff that I was doing too, you know, the breathing and, you know, trying to learn how to, to manage that in terms of how would that help me here in, in the exercises and stuff. So I think that was really important as well. The direction was good. Yeah. Well, that's the thing is, to me, exercise is exercise. And like with, with cheer, we can all do a lunge, we can all do a squat, we can all do this, we can all do that. It's how you teach those positions so like you were saying that you've been looking deeper into feet positions, obviously when, like, when I've got clients, when I've got time and we spend time with them, I talk about all that because you lean on your toes to lean on your heels it actually activates complete different parts of your legs, completely different parts of your body, which then can cause to your lower back problems, which is where I have brought mobility into cheerleading. And, and well, my approach was, I'm not going to come along and just be a normal fitness guru and be like let's do loads of lunges and this that the other yes they're in there because you have to do those movements but it's the weird points the, the weird planes of movement that i try and push one because it's different and two because that's the positions we just get stiff we just get stiff doing the the, the one one plane of movement forward backwards forward backwards side 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 you're going side to side with your knee hanging out the one side. and Because that's what cheerleading is. You're never in a perfect squat because you've got someone above your head. And you're one leg's in a lunge and one leg's sticking out the other side. And it's never going to be perfect. So mobility is great for that. And like you said with your back, like is it your lower back that feels a lot better? Yeah. Yeah. So it's like that. We, we, what reason why I wanted to do it too was I've, I've stuffed with lower back. I've suffered with lower back problems. Half of teams I've been on have all had lower back problems. So it's always like, I, I, through my job, it was like, why? Why, why, why? So I've always looked into that. And that's where the name, the body mechanic, come from. Because actually in my gym, and then obviously in my chair gym too, I was always fixing people. Um, so that's where the body mechanic came from. Um, and it's because normal coaches, they, they look at the old stretching. Let's stretch the back, stretch the back, stretch the back, stretch the back. It's like... Well, actually, your abs are tight, which is why your back's hurting. Or your hips are tight. Mm -hmm. Or your hips and shoulders are tight. So then your back's taking all the strain. So like, all you've done, we haven't stretched your back off. We've stretched your hips off, your ankles and your shoulders, and now your back's good. Mm -hmm. And it's like, that's where mobility just comes into its own because people don't look at the, the mechanics of a body. They just think, well, that's hurting, stretch it. And I think that's the way cheerleading is going to go now is because that's in it's, in, it's in football, it's in NFL, it's in tennis, it's in, it's in fighting or whatever. And cheerleading's very like, wow, we leave strength for conditioning alone. We leave all that alone. We just, we just stretch and that's it. And I think that's where 
and to why you're you're now doing it and to why I to why I started doing it is that more people need to talk about the in-depth stuff. I also think that people are looking at it more as a, 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 a taking a certain career path, but then learn, but then adapting and putting it into cheerleading as well. So you have lots of people who do like sports, um, sports therapy or sports psychology, anything like that, right? But then people are looking at that more intrinsically in line with. Um, in line with cheerleading because they've done cheerleading while they're at uni and they've decided that actually that's a career path I'd like to look into. You know, there is there is going to be a market for that eventually or a bigger market for that eventually. As the, as the sport gets bigger though, it's more acceptable. So if 10 years ago, I'd have walked into a gym and said, let's all do some duck walks or let's get our hips more mobile, they'd have gone, mm-hmm. no, we're just gonna do a front split and a side split and we're gonna stretch our shoulders. In one one way, we're not gonna go back <laughs> yeah, then we're going to go for it. Oh, my back hurts. We're not going to look at ankle mobility, knee mobility, hip mobility. We're not going to look at any of that. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Whereas now, I think because the sport's getting so much more recognition as a sport, still not there, but we'll, we'll say sport, and that it's becoming more athletically acceptable, people are like, well, yeah, let's do some strength and conditioning for it. Let's do some mobility for it. Let's actually get weights involved outside of the cheer gym. Do you know what I mean? I think because it's becoming more acceptable, people get involved in it. They say, oh, actually, yeah, I need to do that to get better. And not just I also think because there's this end product as well, where people are looking, I say end product, there's the, the, the mountaintops where people want to be competing at Summit, at Worlds and um, ICU Worlds. And you've got these kind of these cliff tops. People are looking at it and thinking, how do I get there? And actually, the athletes that are competing at Worlds, at Summit, um, as an example, aren't there by mistake. And I think that's really important as well. For the most part, the people who are going to Summit, to Worlds, they are not athletes that are there by mistake. Those athletes are some of the best athletes that this country has produced, you know? And I think that that's really important. And it's not because they've just come out of gymnastics and they can all throw double falls. A lot of cheerleaders now are cheerleaders first. And I think that's great, you know? And so... um, Like I say, as as the sport progresses, which is why we're getting higher up the ladder, is because we start to accept more things. We start to accept, let's get a coach in from outside. Let's get that bit of equipment let's try that new strength skill let's try that new uh, flexibility skill let's do you know what i mean like because we're accepting like we can actually be good at this let's start taking more steps to but not even be good now we could be the first or we could be among the first to kind of champion and lead this and become a benchmark for it you know and i think that's that's really important too Oh, definitely, definitely, definitely in America. I'd love to have a conversation with an American coach about it because while I was out there, there was 10 people with lower minor fractures in their lower spine. And I tell you now, that was 100% down to that, like you, getting that pressure. And like myself, when I was first started cheer, the pressure in the lower back because of joints above and below not moving correctly. And 
when those little muscles basically tighten up to to save the back, all your little you've got loads of little muscles around holding all your your spine together and all your vertebrae, they tighten up. And the next thing to go is your bone. So then you get your slight minor hairline fractures. And they were all near enough the same x-rays because of it. And I guarantee you it was down to that because they're so they actually it's very if like I say, if you walked in there and said mobility they'd be like ha, we win worlds every year it's fine mm-hmm. they wouldn't listen to it but then i'm like ha, you've got 10 athletes that have got lower fractures in your spine <laughs> um, so i think like you say we are doing something good in the uk because because there's not just me and you talking about it there's, there's a lot of people talking about it it's massive in crossfit now um and i think they were they, they crossfit really helped because they they led it like we need to do this 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 um, but we are, the UK are leading it. Um, and especially people like me and you keep shouting it and screaming it from the rooftops. We will lead it. Um, and hopefully stop some of those injuries. Cause that's, I think that's why when I set, when I set the company cheer precision, that was going to be my, my goal wasn't going to be to get people hella fit and get abs and get them ripped. It was, it, it was mobility. It was conditioning but not just jumping around and rolling around to get conditioned. It was being scientific and professional with it. Um, and that, that, that was what the company was for. Um, I'm, I'm glad, I'm glad that so we've got another voice to shout it. Um, you've got a big platform to do it. And I say, if we can stop people, the main thing will be injuries. Yes, performing better, but if we can prevent injuries. Doing, by doing less, do you know what I mean? Stretching, for argument's sake, or doing mobility work is, is difficult work. Or it's not difficult work, it's, it, it's work. You still have to work out to be able to get good dy- dynamism or whatever, right? But it's less pressure on your body than throwing 20 round off stick doubles, all right? And then going home with a bad back, yeah? So that kind of work, if you spend 15 minutes... 10 minutes, five minutes, just doing a little bit of mobility work will make a difference. And you might only have time to do 16 round off flick doubles or whatever, but because of the before and after care, you're going to be going home feeling like more pain than I've had in years. And you, and you want to do a double again, not do I have to do a double again? Yeah. You'll feel more capable, especially when people are running routines. And I get it. It's hard, especially with chili. It's hard because you're going from trying to have a hyperextended toe touch to then being having a solid core to power through that double to then having a solid overhead squat to your core and shoulder, shoulder stability is great. Like that is a lot of things to go from. Like normal athletes, they'll, they'll have one thing or like, do you know what I mean? They'll, they'll have one thing that they're solid at. Cheer athletes have to be able to be bendy as well as strong mm-hmm. in so many different ranges and planes of movement that's why before and after care is just very important because of the extreme positions that we're putting our body through and we need to be strong in those positions um but like you say as a country i think it's coming because we're starting to believe it Uh, we're starting to believe that it's needed i also think that cheerleading is is growing up yeah we as it becomes more acceptable, I feel, 
to talk about it and to add things into it and to be more susceptible to doing things like you say yeah that growing up it's get it's it's not just a hobby sport anymore it's Mm -hmm. let's knuckle down let's put some time in because we're going to be the best at it um so do you feel have you carried anything on from the program yeah no so i still do i still do a lot of mobility work i mean you know things like push-ups sit-ups burpees and the leg switches i've definitely i've kept up as well um but to be fair what what i tend to do is i tend to set myself up every day so every morning i do yoga anyway just because um namaste namaste <laughs> no, every morning I do it. Um, it makes me feel good, but also it's just it's just wanting to continue with the range and the range of movement, mobility, flexibility. My next my next thing now is flexibility in my hamstrings, and just to try and keep working that. Um, and my you know I work my hips every day anyway now. But um, I, I when I when I've done that, I have my set workout that I want to do in the day. And I keep that up. Some days I don't do any workout. I just do running. Um, but generally speaking, I'll have my set sort of structure where I'll have mobility workout. Um, I've got, um, I'm doing a lot of push-ups right now. Um, so I'm just trying to work out different variations of push-ups and kind of playing with that a little bit. Um, burpees are still in there. Leg switches are my go-to exercise. I don't like doing them still but they are my go-to one just because I can feel the work they're doing on my hips. And I like make that sure, feeling. Of, just make sure you are still doing a lot of your mobility on your hips because they'll get hella tight doing so many of those. Mm-hmm. No, I do, um, I, I do your squats, the, the wide set squats. I can almost get to the floor doing that now, actually. Um, which on, is, yeah, I know. Yeah, Show us, show us, show us. Ah, <laughs> oh, no. If you see Bear Joe's at a competition, I guarantee you he'll have shorts on. <laughs> you want to see, see his deep squat. I've got a deep squat. I, can, I can't do it with my feet facing forward yet. I'm getting lower, but I can do it with my feet facing outwards for the wide But if squat. you look at the anatomy of the body, you don't have to do them with your feet facing forward. So. Apart from with an athletic position. <laughs> I mean, a squat, though. Yeah, but it's not a squat, is it? It's a lunge, right? You mean? That's a lunge. Do you mean? What, an athletic position? Yeah. Feet together, swing back. Oh, I think to jump. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, that's not really a squat, is it? Feet together. You're squatting with your feet apart. Like, no one talks about a feet together squat. Come on, Rob. I've started teaching athletic position with the legs slightly apart because it's not natural to jump with your feet together. Yes, yeah, so that's what I mean. So that's what I mean. Don't, don't, don't force yourself to be able to get bumped to ground with your feet mm-hmm. together because your hips, like you say, your hips need to move. They need to have space to move in the capture. It's not a natural position. I, I try to not teach the, I try not to focus the athletic position on the feet together anymore, actually. The athletic the position is more of a hip hinge position. A hip hinge? Your hip, your hips hinge backwards. Yeah, no, yeah, that's true. When you're squatting down is on your knees. Is a natural thing? Yeah. Is so that a natural thing? Yes. So when you deadlift, you hip hinge. When you squat, you knees can go slightly forward. I'm going to look more into hip hinges. Thanks. So when, when, you're, 
doing your athletic, you go, how can I do this? Your hips go like this, right? Yeah. Whereas when you squat, they go, they go back, but they go down and your knees can come for, oh, I need to bend that way. Your knees can no, come No, I understand forward. what you're saying. I do understand, yeah. So basically, I mean, when you do it, when you do it, you are still bending your legs a little bit, but it's, I can see where a hip hinge would be more applicable. I'm going to look into a hip hinge because that would be really interesting re to, to research. And but your hip hinge is when you work on your kneeling snaps from the ground with your arms. Mm -hmm. That's yeah, a yeah. hip hinge. That's a hip hinge. Okay. It's coming, it's, you're hinging backwards when you deadlift, when you get, so you get your hamstrings involved. Mm -hmm. Whereas when you're squatting, it's more glutes and quad dominant. Well, with the hinge, that would work the hamstrings, which is something I would like to personally work on for myself. So it'd be interesting to learn that and then apply it to, to teaching. Anyway. So yeah, so, so talking about your squat, your, your feet can go out when you've got your feet apart because you mm -hmm. say you need it with the hips. When your feet together, you can squat that way, but your athletic position is actually more of a hip hinge because your bum goes backwards to touch the wall. That's good. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to... Thanks for that. You're welcome. So let's wrap that up there. Um, I'm glad that you feel better. I'm glad that you battled COVID. I'm glad that you've now got fitter. Um, I'm glad you feel better. I'm glad you've learned. I'm glad it's sparked you to want to find different avenues to your teaching because that's what we're all trying to do here in the UK. We're all trying to help each other to be the best country we can at our sport. Um, I love talking to you. That's another, like, <laughs> another 50 minutes of not even... Guys, we didn't even plan questions today. We just <laughs> waffled and we brought absolute knowledge bombs to your ear rolls and your eyeballs. So, boom, knowledge bombs in the ears, in the <laughs> eyeballs. And thank you to you as well, Sam. Thanks, man, because as I say, and I said it in my videos, if you haven't, guys, check it out, look it up, give him a message because he will, he will help you out. He'll have a look at what you're doing. He'll give you advice. Um, absolutely look into what Sam is doing because um, for me, it's changed my perception on the way that I'm going to be delivering things anyway. It's made me feel good. And I wasn't sure where I'd ever had that kind of range again. So absolutely look into what Sam is doing. He's got um, his um, YouTube page, um, his Sam Thompson page, but then he also has his precision page, which is absolutely worth looking at. And that's on his Instagram as well. So hook it up. Yeah, All right. Precision. My plug. <laughs> precision, TBM, and then you got Bear Drills. It's Bear Drills, isn't it, on Instagram? Yeah. Um, we're both trying to make movements together. That's what you're getting from these podcasts. Um, it's great to have conflict as well, because then you get, you learn more from, 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 people talking you learn more if someone disagrees you actually learn more from someone else um 100%. get on the youtube channel because this is the wrap up of bear's challenge of, of rob challenging himself and him getting fitter um so please watch there's four videos there's six videos now with the beginning podcast to the That's end right. podcast um it's been a pleasure thank you for being on episode number 19 of the coffee with sam podcast <laughs> Someone's in the background. Woo! Hello! I can't walked in just now. Can't hello! Literally, <laughs> <laughs> as we're rapping. <laughs> special guest. Special guest. Rob's love of his life. <laughs> <laughs> is that who Thanks. it was? 
It was the missus, right? Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. Just saying, Rob, the love of his life and like someone, like grandma's walking in or something. Like. <laughs> so people on uh, Apple, Apple, <laughs> people listening who can't see what's going on, Rob's missus just rocked in, <laughs> wrapping up the perfect ending to a podcast. <laughs> I love it, but I'm going to keep it in. Um, can't remember what I was saying. I'm laughing, <laughs> my jaw's killing. Um, yeah. yeah, get on the YouTube. <laughs> Have a look at every single video he's done. Look at his videos. Look at my videos. Look at the whole series of Rob getting fit. Um, thanks for coming on. Thanks for being an amazing guest. I love chatting to you. Peace no, out. Nice. Episode number 19 of the Coffee with Sam podcast done. Episode number three with the bear. And I will see you. We're out back in the gym. So hopefully I'll see you soon. <laughs> yes, you will. You will. <laughs> hopefully I'll see you soon. Much love. <clears throat> Take care, mate. That's Love you. Bye, bye, bye. Love you too. Mwah. What an episode that was, guys. So, so, so much knowledge. Um, yeah, we went deep then. Literally, that was meant to be a wrap-up of the Bear versus Cheer Precision Challenge. But we went deep into strength and conditioning, mobility, conditioning, fitness. Oh, my coffee's on its way back up. Um, I'm just going to finish with the T-shirt that I'm wearing, guys. You can't really see it because it's so black on black. But it is my um, T-shirt company, my clothing brand that I've got called I Dare You Clothing. Short I Dare You Clothing. And it is a brand that dares people to go out and do stuff. Sports, business, fitness, life, whatever it is. The brand dares you to get your mind in it and go and do it. And we are supporting the BLM movement. Here at IDU and myself, um, I really think that foundations is the key to, to, foundations and education are the key to how a child or how a, an adult ends up growing up in this world. So I have designed this black on black limited edition BLM movement t-shirt and all the profits are going to a charity that are putting books with black, Asian, mixed, different race characters as the lead character and also uh, different colored dolls into nurseries um, to start the foundations solidly at the lower level. So I believe that as a toddler, if they're playing with, I think it's, the, it's a great charity. It's a great charity um, to start growing children for the future and their foundations. So if you'd like to get yourself, you can't really see it, which is annoying. Go on at IDU Clothing on Insta and there's some pictures on there. They're great fit, long lasting t-shirt, ink printed. Um, my clothing brand lasts forever. But this is the limited edition um, with all the profits going to that very special charity helping out nurseries um, against the fight um, for, we'd say racism, but the fight against equality and just teaching kids from the ground up um, that these things are not acceptable um, in this day, in, in 2020 and in, in, in the future. So thanks you guys for still tuning into the podcast. The link is in the bio to buy one of these t-shirts and your profits, I say I'm not, pro I'm not making, my company's not making any money out of this. All profits 
going to the to our charity to supporting the BLM movement. So thank you. Thank you for tuning in for another week of Coffee with Sam podcast. Peace. Much love, Sam. Special pieces.